Hey, thanks for joining us on the C3 Oxford Falls podcast. If you'd like more information on C3 Church, please visit myc3church.net. We hope you enjoy this message. I got to tell you, I'm so thrilled to let you know Pilgrims, our newest C3 music album is already here. The songs on this album are for our journey in Jesus. No matter where we are on that journey, in the valley or on the mountaintop, His love is unchanging and so should our praise and worship be. Cannot wait for you to hear it. Head to iTunes or Google Play to download it today. Well, we are gonna be doing something a little different tonight. Today, sorry, we have a panel. And uh, who loves a panel? I love a good panel. And hands up if you were here last week with Paul Jong. Wasn't he fantastic? It was amazing just to really get his insight uh, into our financial world. And, And we're continuing this series of Money Wise. And today we wanna talk about financial wisdom. But I wanna introduce to you really quickly our panelists today. We're blessed to have them with us. First and foremost, we have Peter Friedman. Peter is an amazing man. And uh, Peter uh, is married to his beautiful wife, Lindy, bless you. He has three amazing sons and uh, they are amazing boys. They're up there. There's two of them here, two representing. Very good. Good to have you with us, guys. And uh, Peter uh, holds a law and finance degree with business interests ranging from manufacturing to hospitality. He has offices on every continent with distributions in 70 countries. And not only does all of that, he also serves at our Avalon location. And so we are blessed to have Peter with us today. Thank you, sir, for being with us. This is Simon Amys. Simon works in the corporate world and is an amazing young man. He is married to Kathy Amys, who is phenomenal. She's someone there with their bubba. They've just had a new bubba recently and we wanna congratulate. But Simon, you're an absolute gem, sir, and we're blessed to have you with us today. So can we welcome Simon as well? Anne Amradaki. If you don't know Anne, Anne looks after all of us. She is our financial controller at this church. She's married to John. They have amazing kids as well, three amazing children as well. And uh, Anne has uh, a, uh, been in the financial uh, controlling world and looking after accounts for 30 years in both large and small businesses, has been the financial controller for this church for 10 years. It's amazing, it's amazing. Uh, And she also assists uh, her husband in running their own small business. She holds a bachelor and master's in accounting and CPA, and she does a phenomenal job in leading us at this church in our finances. So thank you, Anne. Great to have you with us. And certainly, last but certainly not least, Pastor Richard Forsyth, who is one of the most phenomenal pastors you'll ever meet. Um, He is an incredible man. Him and his wife, Kate, they have incredible kids who just love God and they lead our healing service once a month. They see so many people get set free, healed and just delivered and they are just two people that have consistently followed the Scriptures. They absolutely live and follow everything that Jesus Christ has offered them and led them in wisdom. And because of that, they're very blessed. He also works at Big W as a senior analyst, is that correct, Pastor Rich? And has many different experiences throughout the business world. So we're blessed to have him too. So can we thank and honour Pastor Richard here today? 
Well, again, we are talking about financial wisdom. And I wanted to just quickly open with a scripture and then we'll pray and we'll get into it. But uh, Paul Deong shared this scripture as, as a vision for God's people. And I love it in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8. It says, And God is well able to lavish all His grace upon you, so that in every matter and in every way, you will have enough of everything and may be lavish in all your own good works. Just as the Bible says, and this is you, they spread their favour wide. They gave to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. That's God's vision for His people. That we would be a kingdom people who live beyond ourselves and live in a way that we are blessed to be a blessing. That our good works leave a mark on this world and that we are actually shining a light into the world, establishing God's principles and His kingdom in this earth. And Paul Deong says this in his book, that effective kingdom life requires the application of continual wisdom. Continual wisdom. And, and that's, that's our hope here today, is that out of today, we will find wisdom. That we will hear some insight from people that have done it well and are, and are really moving forward in this area. And that if you're here today and you feel stuck in this area, we wanna let you know that God cares about you. And He has a plan and a purpose for every area of your life. We sang before that about freedom. He the Son sets free is free indeed. And it pains me as a pastor and a minister of the great Gospel, the good news, that Jesus has set us free. But that there are areas in our lives that we feel we are not free. And so then we live in this kind of weird place, this, this area where, where we, we believe God, we know that He wants to set us free in every area, but this particular area of our lives can be so crushing and crippling, particularly in the area of debt. And it can be an area that you don't want people to know about. But let me tell you, God wants you free. He wants you free so that we can be kingdom people and really leave a legacy and set others free. And so that's what we're gonna be talking about today. So why don't we pray before we get into this morning? I really believe the Holy Spirit is here today to help us in this area. He was just amazing, just in worship then, just feeling the Spirit of God. And you need to know that God really, really loves you and He cares for you and He's gonna help you through any area in your world. So why don't we pray? Father, we just thank You for this time together. Lord, we just pray the Holy Spirit would be with us and open our hearts and our minds to all that is possible in You. That God, we are called to be blessed so that we may be a blessing. And that God, You are gonna help us to, to reach out, Father God, out of the place we're in and take hold, take hold of truths, take hold of wisdom, and take hold of hope here today. I thank You, Lord God, for this time together. Bless us in Jesus' mighty Name, we pray, Amen. 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 Well. Beginning with the basics, guys, I thought we should talk about budgeting. And so for, there are people here who've been around for a while and those not such a long time and uh, can be at different stages of their life. But I think it's important that we're consistently having a vision and knowing where we're heading in our finances. So Pete, I might start with you because I love your passion for having a vision around our finances. Can you share into that and just how you and Lindy live? So, uh, oh, thanks James. Uh, I think it's really crucial for us to have a vision for our lives. Um, you know, for me, as a young man, my vision was I wanted to retire when I was uh, 40 years old. And that, that was important. It was an important um, decision for me because I realised that I needed to disconnect my, my earnings from my time. Um, and, and so that became a path that I followed in life. But to the same degree, budgeting is really just a 
12-month snapshot of what, where we want our future to be. Um, so whether it's in a, in a business sense, and, and I for one believe that um, a budget, it's probably the document that I would spend the most time on in, in, in terms of the business world. Um, it's the most, it's a blueprint for the business, it's what pulls everyone together in a common vision. And, and in a marriage situation, who, who knows that opposites attract? And uh, so you're often going to come at finances from, uh, from slightly different points of view, different spending patterns, uh, whatever the case is. And uh, it's really good to sit together as a couple, right. the beginning of the year, sign off on what you agree on, um, sign off on the things that you, that you know are affordable and those that are luxuries and those that you have to step up to, uh, uh, to actually uh, achieve. Um, that's a really, really important tool for us. Yeah, awesome. And I know that you and John have passion around this and, and again, knowing where your money's going and being really, uh, I guess, disciplined in that area. Can you give any more insight into that? Um, just that, yeah, definitely to have a, a budget or a plan, um, you need to be able to know um, what the end result is um, and writing it down, it makes it very clear. So then you can start to either attack the income side or the expense side um, and either, you know, look to increasing your income, upskill or look to decreasing the expenses or being wise around those. So. And, and you've got some great insight in terms of knowing those expenditures and, and I guess at an annual level reviewing what you're spending your money on and can you give some more insight into that? Yeah, so um, we do an, uh, it's an annual review of really um, when, when um, uh, your annual expenses come round. So for example, your, um, your insurances, I mean, your insurance company will obviously add CPI increase to that, but it may not necessarily be the case. You might have decluttered, you might not have as much stuff. Um, your insurance, your life insurance, you may have paid off some of your loan, so you don't need as much insurance. And so you can definitely straight away cut costs um, just by reviewing those things. Uh, when you get your CTP insurances, you don't pay it straight away. Um, you you shop around, you go to the web, the website, I think it's maa.newsouthwales.gov.au, and you compare all the providers to see what's the best deal. Uh, we've had it happen where they've actually sent it out and it's been incorrect um, because we've had more insurances with the same provider, you should get a discount, but they haven't looked into that and they've made an error. So if you'd paid it, you wouldn't even know. I mean, it's been up to five or $600 difference. Um, so you can definitely um, say, straight away by uh, switching providers for your energy, um, putting your washing machine on low peak times. There's so much to do that without actually doing anything, you can save money now. That's awesome. And I, I guess that's that, what you were talking about, Pete, in terms of time and understanding that and really spending the time on this area can save you so much money and, and that can help towards saving and, and getting ahead, but also just paying for a holiday and uh, and I think reviewing those expenditures um, and really looking at the things you spend money, we, we were talking to a panellist last night and they were talking about that they, they budget in, in one sense in retrospect and so they will look back and see what they've spent their money on and then begin to go, do we actually value this? And Simon, I love your concept around this and the way that you've lived your life. Simon is doing phenomenal in this area in terms of setting him and his family up for the future. And he started at a really early age. But one of those key pieces of wisdom I think you had in terms of what you spend your money on, can you just share a little about that? Yeah, sure. So, um, so we also have a budget and we, we started actually 
being quite strict in our budget to make sure that we knew what we were spending our money on. And then once we were happy with how much we were saving, that then automatically sits in a separate bank account and we only take out what we need each month. So as our income grows or as we get more money, the savings grows, not necessarily our spending each month. And the way that we still make that work for us is we think about what do we value? What do we want to spend our money on? And I, for everyone it's different and I think that's fine, but you know, choose, is it, is it a really nice holiday you want to do? Or is it, do you want to drive a really nice car? Or you want to live in a really nice area or maybe you really value meals? But don't do all of them. You might find that some of them are more important to you. Spend your money where you're going to get the joy from it, but then save money where you're not. And I think the trap is everyone looks to their friends that have the nicest thing that they're doing their comparison for. So if we're looking at holidays, naturally, we look at our friends that take the nicest holidays and think, that's the holiday I want. And then my other friend who drives a really nice Mercedes, that's the car I want. And then my other friend's got a really nice house, that's the house I want. And try to take the best of everything, whereas I think you need to be choiceful in what you do. That's really good, son. Yeah, awesome. Because there's a great book called Affluenza. <laughs> and we live in a world where we're consistently comparing. And Instagram, social media, all of that can be a real trap of that and consistently looking. But I love that in terms of what you actually value and, and picking one and actually spending your money on that. And as a, as a couple as well, I think. That's right, making yeah. that decision together. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. Pastor Rich, do you have any other thoughts to add on that? No, I think you pretty well covered it all. Awesome, very cool. But you, you and Kate are pretty, pretty good in terms of making your money work for you, in terms of how you've set yourselves up and, and set up a balance. What about in the early days when you were first married and coming from different backgrounds? And ha, did, you, did you find any wisdom around that? Um, that mic's not on. Mic's not working here. Yes, we did. Um, I, was, uh, I put some uh, Excel spreadsheets together, which some people think are really boring, but I think Jeff Cooper would think it's really exciting. And uh, I put all the detail in there, and you can see at the bottom of every month which month were over, which went, were under. And we just started managing different things. Uh, so we never went on a fancy holidays. The great holidays that we went on were camping, and uh, Kate doesn't particularly like camping, so it was, she was very pleased when a lot of our stuff was stolen, so we never went camping again. <laughs> but uh, we just learned lots of things. I think one of the things, I just spoke to Kate before, was uh, uh, we really wanted a stereo. So we were, we had no money, and uh, Kate was very ill, as before she was healed, she couldn't work, and I'd been unemployed for a long time. And uh, I'd got a job, but we went shopping one day to buy a stereo. And uh, we listened to the $100 one, I thought that was okay. Listened to the $500, listened to the $1,000 one, and it was just awesome. And then uh, I said, right, we're gonna have that one. And then we both decided to go to either side of the uh, showroom and we both prayed. And we met in the middle, and the guy was trying to give us all the uh, paperwork to sign for higher purchase, which meant we'd have paid a lot of interest. And we said no to each other and we bolted. <laughs> and it was just a really good lesson for us because discipline, a disciple is a disciplined person. You know, we'll talk about prayer, reading the Word of God, but also on our finances. And uh, not long after that, I was driving past a Sony dealership and I felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit to go in there. <laughs> and. Uh, they had a damaged store, and I got a, a damaged one that was only slightly damaged, a box damaged, but got it at half price. 
but I paid cash for it. I suppose that was one of the biggest things we learnt because we probably would still be paying a $1,000 stereo off all these years later. So budgeting, being wise, include God in your decisions. Be great. Yeah, amazing, awesome. Pastor Rich and Kate live that. I think the amount of stories I've heard about furniture and tables and that God's just spoken to you about. And I, and I also love that, that again, following that line that, you know, there are areas that you can save in this, in, in things you buy and for purchase for your home. And so many stories and Simon was telling me before, you know, some stuff they just get from Vinnie's because it's cheap and you can do it. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's awesome. So come yeah. on. Half My wife home. is like a mean Vinnie shopper. She just knows how to find the things, which is great. Hey, um, now we've got a vision, we're moving forward and, and we start to reassess, but then between us and our goals and between us, I guess, in moving forward is this great big hole called financial difficulty or debt. Uh, can you guys share or speak into how to get free, how to actually start taking the journey out of debt? And maybe start with you. Um, yeah, well, the first thing is to bring it out into the light. So um, expose it, it's, uh, don't hide it, it's not going to go away. And, um, and whether it be personal or business, um, you, the best thing to do would be to at, approach the people that you owe, your creditors, approach them. Um, and uh, you can list them down. You can um, say, look at what the big ones are um, and uh, the smaller ones, approach, approach them all. And then um, uh, they'll give you either reprieve. They really are good. You know, communication is, is the key uh, to actually make, make a plan, communicate and get a payment plan going, um, pay the small ones first, tackle the big ones. You know, it depends on, on what happens with your communications. but. Um, um, yeah, that's, um, you know, it's something to do. Awesome. Peter, do you have any other thoughts in terms of moving out of that place? Well, I think all of us um, go into debt at different levels in, in our lives. Uh, but I don't think debt is a comfortable place to be. I, I, I think when, when we're in debt, we, we, we don't sleep as soundly at night. And so I think it's a really, um, really important to say to ourselves, we, we're going to get ourselves into a discipline of moving away from debt. Uh, wherever possible, and to avoid debt in areas that are, are going to be depreciating assets in our lives. I mean, uh, of course, in a business sense, um, you, you're going to need to invest, and, and debt uh, is, is a natural part of that, but that's in a production of income. But in, in your home environment, you don't really want to be incurring a lot of debt on, on what could be unnecessary things, because um, uh, it's not going to be helpful. Yeah, yeah, I love that point about sleeping better without debt. And especially if you're going into debt to buy something that's not going to help you sleep better. Like that really nice car is not going to help you sleep better, but taking out the debt for it will. And um, I heard something which really changed my whole perspective about debt when it comes to things that you maybe don't need, which is debt is essentially you borrowing from your future self. And you're paying someone for the privilege of doing that. And the only reason you'd borrow from your future self is because your needs now are more important than your needs in the future. Right. And you don't know what you're gonna need in the future. So it can be a really dangerous thing to make that decision. Come on. That's huge. I think um, the word is delayed gratification. Yes, right. And I think, um, again, we, we do live in a world that, that that's hard at times because there's, 
There's just so much temptation out of there. And, um, but for us to just really live by principle, I think is so powerful in terms of us setting ourselves free for our future legacy and generations as well. Pastor Rich, any other thoughts? No, I think they're very well covered in. Well, Rich, I do wanna ask you this though, because <laughs> you're very humble and you're trying to move us along and I appreciate that. But, but you pastor a lot of people who've come out of this area. Yep. And what do you see in terms of a consistent theme that maybe people need, not just the financial help, but maybe other areas in their world that kind of are contributing to that? I think it's that whole package that I talked about before is uh, being disciplined in every area of your life. And we all need help with that, by the way. And uh, so we just try and, well, when I used to sit down with people, I used to just tell them to put, ask them to put down what their costs were and what their income is and uh, now we've got a great uh, organisation here called CAPS yeah. with Ted Beecher and Nicole Adler. So we just yeah. send them along to them. I've got other uh, gentlemen in, in, who are at the back here right now and uh, they're great businessmen and I send guys along to them. And they just help these guys get out of debt. Yeah. Uh, I'm not an expert at it, but these guys are experts and uh, send people to the experts. Yeah, and I think, I think what Anne said before around, it's not gonna go away and, and the scripture says, whatever the light touches, the hold of that thing is destroyed. Yeah. And sometimes just talking about it can be one of the most freeing things you can do. And we wanna let you know that as a church, in, through our C3 Cares and through CAP, we can actually help you if you're stuck in this area. Yeah. Um, and also, um, if you, you know, sometimes you can get into debt because you've left the, the things you have to pay, the, the bills, last. You've spent on pleasure, etc. So I think it's also good going back to the plan and with the inc incorporating this, is that you make sure that when, when you, I know something we do is the day we get our income, the next day all those, the, the money goes out for bills, for savings, for um, giving. Um, so that that's, it's gone, it, those are covered. And then what you have left is what you can spend on some pleasure or whatever. Right, and I think, uh, of course, reducing those expenditures as well is really helpful. But the best way to help you get forward is sometimes to increase your income and to actually think about how we can move forward. And uh, again, last night, someone was talking about when they found themselves in a position of debt, he went and got a second job and it was just for a period to get on top of that thing and move them forward. But so for some of us, maybe we're not business minded, we just, we work the nine to five. And I think there's a, there's a great uh, power in making yourself more valuable. And uh, there's many ways you can do that, but I think one of the ways is actually living as a Christian in the workplace. And so Pastor Rich, you've got lots of great stories around that, but do you wanna just share maybe one insight? Yeah, I just uh, believe there's that whole balance which I talked about before. But there's also having integrity in the workplace, that um, you're honest, uh, you don't gossip, you don't judge people, you're not creating problems at work, you're there on time, you're the hardest worker. And what I do is I actually ask for God's favour. As soon as I see the building that I work in, I thank you, Lord God, for favour, 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 favour today. And uh, God's favour will, will come upon you. And sometimes I get into situations where people ask me to lie about things. And so, of course, I do. No, I don't. No, I don't. <coughs> Just seeing if you're listening. And, um, and before, I used to be quite hard on people about the, you know, whether they wanted to lie or not. And this person said to me, can you change these figures? And I said, um, no, I can't. But I'll leave that in your hands with what you're going to do with it. And that always convicts them not to do it. 
And uh, every time I've done this, uh, and sometimes it's a challenge, it's a real challenge, because it could be your job, you could lose your job or whatever. But uh, that same person, not long after that, I said, listen, I don't seem to have much accountability here. And they said, if we can't trust you, we can't trust anybody. Then that person was in a meeting not long after that, and obviously they didn't do that lying thing. And in that meeting was a huge sale and they said, give all the stock to Richard Forsyth's church. And uh, so I just see those challenges all the time. One of the biggest challenges we had was when Kate wasn't well and I was asked to, I'd finally got a job and interest rates were really high and my boss asked me to lie over something. And uh, I went back to him and said, no, I won't. Well, he went crazy and he said, he went home and the Bible says, pray for your enemies. So I prayed for him. And you've got to use biblical principles in the workplace. The next morning he came back and he was a completely different person. He said, I apologise, we won't do that. I hear you and Kate are going to Sydney this weekend. You can have the company car. And then not long after that, he said, I've never been able to leave this business, I've never been able to go on a holiday. And he was small businessman of the year in Canberra. And he said, I can trust you. And then he put me from the bottom of the business and the next minute I was managing all his staff. So just doing things God's ways really works. It's amazing. And there's so many people in our church, even just looking down, Tom Cooper here, who's just such a hard worker and has just seen God's blessing as he's increased, just honouring and actually working hard. His value has increased. Does anyone have any other thoughts or in terms of, I guess, increasing uh, your income or, or looking at second streams of income that they'd like to share? I would suggest when you have a salary of you to ask for some more money. I think a lot of us just don't ask and so we don't get it. And, you know, I, I do... I, <laughs> that doesn't I, apply here. I do a bit, of, a bit of research and I know roughly, I think they say it costs about 30% of someone's salary to replace them in a, in a job. And so I'm, I'm happy to go to my boss and say, I think I'm worth more than what you're paying me. And I'll sit there until they give me an answer. So, so Simon, you obviously prepare for that though, right? How, yeah, do, how do you prepare for that? Uh, so I'll look and see what um, salaries are. You can, you can sort of Google these things now and see what a salary is for a, for a similar role in another company. Um, and I think it's just being confident that if you are, as Richard said, if you're being the good employee, you're, you're disciplined, you're diligent, you're working hard, that you should be rewarded for it and, uh, and appropriately so. And so... You know, I, I go in there with, with confidence. I, I pray before I go in there and I'm happy to sit there and ask the question. That's awesome. Pete, in terms of when you're running businesses and, and working with people, what are you looking for in an employee? What would, what would inspire you to go, that person's worth, worth money? Well, I think at the end of the day, it's going to depend very much on, on the integrity of the individual and uh, on, on their ability to fulfill the role that they're employed to fulfill. Um, and, and those are probably going to be my most important determinants in, in, uh, in judging the value of that person to the, to the company. And, and, and we're talking about this, guys, because Christians are not um, immune from not working hard. Does that make sense? I think that came across okay. okay. And sometimes talking to people and experiences they've had with people in a workplace, and you find out later that the person that they had a negative experience in a workplace was a Christian. Um, and I think, I think it's a real shame when we're called to be salt and light. Yeah. 
And if we just lived for Christ and actually honoured our employers and worked hard and were diligent with it, we might just find that God's blessing begins to flow in. And instead of just giving and hoping for a big miracle to open up, maybe we can just live on purpose and see God move in our world and the blessing of God to come in. And, and even, you know, we, we're talking, what Simon was saying um, about asking for more money. For those who have their own businesses, you come back to the budgeting environment, which forces you to, to really look at both the internal environment that you're involved in and the external. And so inside of that, you can, you can very easily determine whether you're fairly priced into the market or whether there are opportunities uh, to offer, offer your product at higher pricing, make better margin out of it. For the same amount of time that you're putting in, you can do better in the business. And, and it's very similar to what Simon said from an employee's point of view. Yeah, awesome. And, then, and also upskill. You know, um, go and study more or, you know, upskill and, and, um, and then you would be offered a better job or you could find a better job elsewhere. Um, and I, I love the talk, talking about um, working hard and working diligently. Um, you know, I love the story of the, the fish, you know, when Jesus sent Peter to go and get the, the coin, the taxes for the fish. or um, And he said he didn't, I mean... Jesus can do anything, so he could have just pulled it out of the tree. But he told Peter to go and do and right. fish. Yeah. It's what his, his skill was, was. You know, we're all given God-given skills and abilities. And if we work diligently in those things, the miracle is there. So. That's great. Now, um, one thing that Paul spoke about last week that I think was just crucial for us to think through is, is the idea of leaving a legacy and that we're saving and investing and actually building our net worth so that we can continue to be a blessing in this life, but also leave a platform for the generations to come. I was at a prayer breakfast recently and um, the uh, great-grandson of the gentleman that started Guinness Beer uh, was there, who was a Christian. And he was talking about reading the journals of his great-grandmother and she would pray every night for 10 generations of her family ahead and thinking way into the future and blessing into the future and so preparing us. And I think financially, it should be the same that we're thinking beyond our own lives. In terms of just the basics and, and getting started in, in terms of moving forward and, and increasing your wealth and being able to save and then invest, um, any insights from you guys would be well appreciated, but maybe we'll start with you, Sime, from your perspective. Yeah, sure. So I think from my perspective, the earlier you start, the better, because um, there's this thing called compounding, which is, uh, it's kind of hard to get your head around, but essentially once you save money, that money then earns you more money because it's either in the bank getting interest or you've invested it in something. And then you earn the money on your original money you saved plus what you've just earned and it keeps, it keeps compounding. And um, so the way to do that is to start as early as you can. You know, yesterday's better than today, but today's still better than tomorrow to start. Um, but yeah, and I, I think I look to, to Warren Buffett here, who is one of the richest people in the world, because um, I found this really interesting about his, his wealth and his, his journey. So I just got the stats here. Um, so he's now worth $84 billion, so a lot of money. To put that in context, he earns about $30 million per day from his $84 billion that he's got invested. He still gets McDonald's for breakfast. He spends less than $4. He lives in the same house that he's only owns one house. He bought it in 1958. He still lives in it. Wow. He drives an old car to work and doesn't spend his money. And if you look at how much money he had by his age, when he was 30, he had $1 million, which is 0.001% of what is worth now. Then by 40, so 
Yeah, by 40 he had 26 million, which is 0.003 of what he's worth now. By 50 he had 300 million, 0.36% of what he's worth now. By 60 he had 4 billion, which is 5%, and then by 70 he had 30 billion. And he's now in his 80s and he's worth, as I said before, 84 billion. So you can see that it started actually, I mean, a million dollars is still quite a lot, but it started relatively small, but it just was consistently not spending money, saving money, putting it aside. Right. He's now in his late 80s. He still doesn't spend more than a couple hundred dollars a day. He's paid off his house. He doesn't have a loan on his car. He has one house. He earns $30 million a day and spends less than $4 on breakfast. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. And you guys, you and John, have been quite strategic and, um, and creative in terms of just believing for your own home and, and moving forward in areas. And can you share any insights on just thinking about how we can move forward and get ahead and, and actually, again, m move towards financial security and leaving a legacy? Okay, well, for us, um, uh, we came to Australia in our 30s. Um, so we, were, we had to start again. Um, so when we left um, where we were, we'd had our house paid off, etc. But then with the, the change in the um, exchange rate, we really started again. We actually didn't think that we would be able to own a home. Um, but I think that, um, and I'm going somewhere with this, <laughs> um, is that uh, through just being diligent and working hard and being faithful in our giving, um, and uh, in tithes and offerings. And, um, you know, there's, there's still a miracle there. God opens doors. Yep. And so when we started to look for a home, and I think that's the thing is not to sit back, but to really take steps, to try doors. Not all of them will open, but just keep trying. And so when we um, were looking for a home, um, um, John was really the one that was um, more proactive and uh, we, would, we found this small piece of property and the builder was building a home and the, the, the buyers had, had pulled out and so we said, um, well, can we own a build? And he said, yes. And we thought, well, we don't have a license to do this. But he said, no, I will supervise it and I will help you and you can use our license. Now, he doesn't know us from you know, a bar of soap. So he met us with, um, met us for, for tea that afternoon, him and his wife, and we just found such favour. And then he said, and when, you don't have to pay me now, you can pay me when, you, when you've got the money. And so all these kind of things, and that happened twice to us. So um, that, that was a, a miracle in, you know, opening the doors, just being diligent. And, but um, as far as then um, going, so what we're trying to do is to obviously pay that um, debt down as fast as possible. So we would use, all our savings would go into a mortgage, uh, our offset account um, to get rid of that. And um, with the interest rates decreasing, of course, you don't drop your repayments. You keep them the same so that you're always paying. You're are always ahead. Um, and we've, open, we've um, set up a self-managed super fund now um, to, and have purchased two small commercial properties within that. We, we feel safer with property, um, but, uh, you know, there's, it's different for everyone, different risk profiles. Um, and the one thing I think is super is wonderful um, if, you're, if you're working for an employer 
um, because they're putting it away for you and you can also obviously put in extra. Um, but I think a warning with a small business is that you don't have to put it in. So you have to be, in, be um, diligent in making sure that you put away your super. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I think um, what's clear here is that you guys have got educated in this area. And I think anyone can actually go and do some basic research and start. There's great books out there. Barefoot Investor is a great book to start with. Uh, Paul DeYong's book, God, Money and Me, is really great in terms of the biblical principles around this and understanding what God has to say. And so I think for us to just continually be educated, listen to podcasts, read books, use our time that we have that maybe we're spending in different areas to actually get more informed and get healthier in this area. Um, before we finish today, I thought also we should talk about uh, your revelation in terms of honouring God, because so much of this is about the way we live to honour God and, and, and actually follow His principles. And if we will do that, God says He will open the windows of heaven over our lives. He will actually bless us and help us move forward. But I, I, I've heard some of your testimonies, but, but I particularly resonate with yours, Pete, and I wondered if you wouldn't mind sharing that here today. Certainly. Um, so I think really the question is not whether do we have money, but does money have us? Um, money in and of itself is, is powerless, but the spirit that attaches to money has, has enormous power and, it, and it, it can devastate areas of our lives. And so we, we need to get a control in that area. So for me, I, was, um, I wasn't brought up in a, in a churched environment and, and when, I, when I was young, I was 12 years old, um, my, my dad lost everything and we left, uh, we left the family home in my mom's car and, uh, and with the clothes that we had. And uh, um, that, that brought fear into my life, a fear of, um, of not having, a, a fear of, of poverty. Um, and I, I made a promise to myself that I would never let that happen to my family. So for me, that, that, that drove me really hard. But fast forward 20 years, I met Christ. And Christ said to me, well, you've got to give away now 10% of, of, of your money. I didn't have a lot in those days, but I mean, it was 10%, it was 10%. And it didn't make sense to me um, that I needed now to give this away. I've been fighting so hard to, to accumulate uh, out of this place of fear. And, um, and at the time, um, I'd been, um, had a business running for about 14 years, um, trying to break into the export market, you know, an overnight success, and hadn't gone anywhere with it. And um, I, I read Malachi as a, as a young Christian, and I was very convicted, and, and I said to God, well, God, you've told me to test you in this, and, and I'm gonna take you at your word. And I started tithing. That week, I was uh, at a breakfast, um, and there was a prophetess at the breakfast, and she came over to me, and she said to me, she said to me, sir, she said, I, I don't know you, I, I, I don't know what you do. She says, but I see foreign currency moving through your hands. And I can track the business to that moment. We grew at a compounded rate for the next 10 years at 35% per annum, all into exports. We culminated in being awarded the uh, exporter of the year 10 years later. And God just showed his faithfulness. And it broke that spirit of fear over my life in terms of money because I knew I served a God that was not only intimate in my life, but um, understood me and, and would honour everything he told me in his word. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you, Pete. Does anyone else have anything to add on in terms of 
honouring God, their journey in that, their revelation. Yeah, I, I would say that our, we're certainly a bit earlier in our journey, my wife and I, but it's, it's a key thing, honouring honoring God with our finance. And um, I, th- I think that's, that's always been key. And the blessing is just, you know, it's, it's almost like I keep falling into the blessing in terms of what comes out. And I really hold to the scripture of being faithful with the little so that the Lord will trust you with much. And um, just one other thing that, I, that really resonates with me is uh, a quote that said, without wealth, you're restricted to only helping people in your immediate vicinity. And so by having wealth, that just enables us to you know, have sponsored children in other countries, do a lot of things that can help a lot of people that we, we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. And um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of what we feel our calling is. And so it's potentially easier because it is, it is our calling. But um, every single time I would say the Lord has been faithful and we've always gotten so much more than we've given. Yeah, it's wonderful. Thanks, Simon. It's awesome. Any other thoughts, Anne or Richard, just before we go? Um, I just want to say just as a church, thank you very much, because we uh, see the end result of, of your giving. Um, and uh, my wife and I have been over to Sri Lanka the last couple of years, and you know this church has got a charity over there, looks after 1,500 children. It all started actually with my mother giving me like about $60 a, we- $60 a week, I think it was, to just do something for kids over there. But now this church has been involved and it's uh, phenomenal seeing 1,500 kids over there. The lady who runs it just won an award at the um, World Economic Forum. And that's, sometimes you guys don't hear about that, but that's the end result of some of the things that vision builders do. Uh, Pat Ancliffe just talked about all the work that's done in Africa. And it's just amazing what you guys to do. So I just want to say on behalf of the church, thank you very much. Yeah, awesome. Well done, everyone. Amazing. Incredible. Hey, can we thank our panellists here today helping us? It's been wonderful. Bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Peter. And Richard, thank you. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, God really wants us free, people. And uh, He wants us blessed. And, you know, we, we, we come around a time of giving every week. And sometimes people can feel like, oh, why are we doing this again? Why are you talking about this again? It's because it's so crucial for us to understand the principles around this and how much power, and even what Peter was saying, that, that power of fear around finances that God does not want the people of God to be wrestling with. He wants us free. So I thought we could just close now in prayer before we continue with our service. And uh, I wanna pray for you. If you're here today, maybe you're a bit stuck in this area, you're feeling a bit anxious about this area. Actually, even just talking about it has maybe made you feel a little unsettled. I wanna let you know that the Holy Spirit is here to help. And He can help by giving you the courage and the hope to actually step out of where you are and say, we need help. So even at the end of this service, again, I encourage you to come to the next step bar and just say, hey, I just wanna leave my details for someone to follow up about C3 Cares or about CAP. And that's all you need to say. Or you might like to just come down at the end of the service. We'll leave the altar open. Pastors will be here. Connect leaders can come and pray with people. And we can just stand with you and pray and hear a little bit about your story, maybe point you in the right direction. But why don't we pray, huh? Awesome, why don't we bow our heads, close our eyes. Father, we just thank You. Holy Spirit, we ask that You come right now. God, that You would fill our mind and our heart with peace, with great hope of Your faithfulness, Lord, in this area, that we can trust You. God, we pray for wisdom. Thank You, Lord, that You would begin to give us ideas around how to get ahead, how to get unstuck, how to move forward, 
even wisdom around how to make more money, Lord. We thank You, Father God, that everything in the world is Yours. And it's Your pleasure and Your blessing to help the people of God discover how they can succeed and move forward. So come Holy Spirit, fill us here today. In Your mighty Name, Amen. Hey everyone, what a joy it is to bring the Word of God to so many people all around the world every week. And I just love technology for that reason, that we're able to broadcast through television, through podcasts, through social media, and to bring Jesus into people's worlds in all kinds of ways. Obviously, there are costs to that. There are uh, expenses in reaching out and accomplishing this preaching of the Gospel. And in the book of Romans, Paul says, how shall I go unless somebody send them? And he's talking about the beautifulness of, of the preaching of the Gospel, how it brings peace and joy into people's worlds. And so the people who are sending us into other people's worlds is you and the people of our congregations. And I'd love you to join with them and with us as partners, sending the Gospel throughout all the world through all these means that God has put in our hands. And as we partner together, I know that there will be thousands of people in heaven for eternity because of our efforts together. God has called us to do this and we depend on people to send us and support us in taking the Gospel to the world. I wanna say thank you for standing with us and believing God. I'm praying and asking God to touch you and to bless your seed that you sow so that you'll experience an incredible harvest in your lives in Jesus' Name, Amen. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's message from our church. Hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by using at C3 Oxford Falls.